Welcome back, baseball family. Brad and I want to give you updates on the playoffs. We're very excited about it because the so playoffs excited. are awesome. And as you know, when you go through the playoffs successfully, you end up with the World Series. <laughs> and you have to say it like that. So I just have to say it like that. We're very excited to be here uh, on the road to the World Series. And it's really exciting to impersonate John Candy from the best baseball documentary ever. I watched it the other day. Cannot get enough of it. It always makes me happy. Okay. Now, let's go through each series, um, starting with the National League. Okay? Let's start with okay. the National League. Brad, my question to you first is, Do you is there a way you designate which division series you're in? Like, when you're taking a note or when you're thinking about it in your head, do you have like the good one or the bad one or one and two or east and west or is there a is there a way you do it in your head? Like as far as like differentiating like who's playing in each series and where it's at? Yep. Yeah. Uh I probably should. It'd probably be easier than just being like these two teams are playing and this is where it's at, you know. Hmm. But also mm-hmm. like I will say this is that I check um, so I use the score app. That's the one I use for yeah. news, scores, everything. Like uh, if I can, if I can't watch a game, that's how I follow games live with like the game tracker. I check it incessantly throughout the day, like all the time. Yeah. It's one of those things where if I open my phone and I can't remember off within like a half a second why I opened my phone, that's where I go. <laughs> just like i don't know it must and while i think about what i was even doing with my phone i check scores i checked what time games start i check series i i flip through the news there are times break well i will where i will open that app and the news has not updated for four hours since the last time i checked it 15 times <laughs> <laughs> and you're like nothing is going on in the world of sports right now jeez but mm. no um and, you know, usually there's, like, some kind of oddity that will happen in a series that is, like, yeah. an identifier, right? Like, we're going to yeah. get to some of, the, some of those in a minute. But, like, you can, like, put something in your brain that's, like, okay, this is, like, the ground rule double series, right? You know, yeah. things like that. Um, but, like you said, I mean, is is there anything that, in particular that you do to keep these keep the series straight? I just say I, – I literally just say one and two, right? Oh, really? Yeah. When I take notes or when I'm – you know, thinking about it or whatever, I just say one and two. And you know what? Now that I think about it, sometimes I associate colors. Oh, yeah. Which is because I feel like the the division series is always, there's always somehow that the colors will line up in some way. Like right now you've got the Giants and the Dodgers. And like I think of those as like old school colors. I don't know why. Interesting. Just yeah. That's what I associate with. And then like Milwaukee and Atlanta are a little bit brighter. I don't know. Like I kind of like I more visualize them than like have like a like a trigger word, um, mm. but yeah, that's that's really how I have been keeping the National League series apart. But then like the American League has been like the weirdness, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, anyway. none of those fit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but well, I just thought I'd ask you. So San Francisco and L.A. L.A. They're tied at one game apiece. It is the bottom of the fourth inning right now, scoreless. But there are no no nos in play. Two hits, San Francisco, Los Angeles has a hit. So even though they're shutouts at to this point, it's not a there are no no nos. Wouldn't that be cool to see a double no no bid? I don't know. It might be. But that's I'd a be lot on the edge of, of my seat. That's my thing is like that's a really fast game. You know, like that's my only issue with, with the double no no is that like if you're at the game, you're not really getting your money's worth out of it. 
you know, like I went to, I think I've told this, told this story before. I, I went to a Mariners and Yankees game in Seattle a few years ago. Actually, it was, it was about six years ago because Wilson was about to turn one. And the game was two hours and five minutes. The final score was two to one. Yeah, yeah. There's a two-run home run and um, and a single to drive in a runner from second for the Mariners. And we left. I was like, I like, I'm not even hungry from my pregame hot dog. You know? <laughs> we didn't even get to the fourth inning. Yeah, like, I didn't get to get my garlic fries because I never felt hungry. I did get a deep fried uh, rice krispie treat. That was fantastic. But she yes, did. Well, of course. If there's rice krispie treat, I'm to. gonna get it. Yeah, but anyways, right. like yeah, like I got that, and that was like it because I didn't have time to get anything else. You know, because it was so short. Like if I wanted to yeah. have a two-hour game, like I could watch Little League. But anyway. No, so yeah, I, I feel like I, I don't get my money's worth on it. But mm. no, this series though, like I, I wanted to go five. Me too, because in favor of the Giants. I'd like to see the Giants win. Yeah, Me too. Mostly, what it is is I like to see champions lose. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, like once the Dodgers won, I was like, I don't care that it's a shortened season. You got your ring. Now get out. Let's get somebody else in there. That's fine. Um, right. I, I'll be honest. I am a little upset that the Rays lost because I was really pulling for them in the American League for that reason. Yep. Boston just won tonight. So for those of you mm-hmm. that didn't catch that or whatever, in case you missed it, Boston went up three games to one. And he's over. Tampa Bay. And that's the end. It's over. Yep. Really uh, sad. What about this Milwaukee and Atlanta series, Brig? Atlanta's up two to one. Is there anything yeah. here like this felt like a coin toss to me to begin with cuz Atlanta's kind of been playing with house money. They're yeah. a good team, but they don't have Acuña. Yeah. Um right. How about this? I got this question for you. Is this a team like if they make a nice deep run, if they go actually go to the World Series without Acuña, could we put them in the Ewing theory category? Ooh. Uh, I don't know if we talked about that on this podcast or not. Why don't you explain to everybody? So what the that Ewing is. theory—it's a Bill Simmons thing. For those mm-hmm. of you who know Bill Simmons, uh, it's something he's been doing for probably twenty years or something like that. The Ewing theory is that a team is better without its best player. Um, yep. it, it came to light in the, I believe in the '90s when the Knicks made a nice long run without Patrick Ewing, and there—it's—we've seen it throughout history in sports. Um, the Mariners won 116 games the next season after. A Rod left. Um, you know, that's one that comes off the top of my head immediately. No, um, no, really. <laughs> for those of you who don't recognize the amount of time that it took me to come up with that, but anyways, you don't. No, say. like I wonder if the, if the Braves this year could be up for an Ewing Theory Award or something like that or nomination. I don't know what we would, how we would classify it, but without Acuna, because I had him like Dunzo without Acuna. To be honest with you, right. Right. Well, and if you'll recall, our playoff primer episode, I had them going and beating Milwaukee. Yes. So I'm excited about the way this is turned. Turned, gone, maybe is more appropriate because going. this is what this is what I saw happening, and I, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think they're going to take the next game, and it'll be done. But yeah. we'll see. I've been pulling for Milwaukee, I, and I think it's one of those things. Like, I'd like to see somebody, like somebody like Milwaukee, win it who hasn't won yeah. it in a very long time, whatever, or yeah. ever. I don't know off the top of my head, but anyway, 
Um, no, I'd like to see Milwaukee win it, but I just I don't think they're going to beat the Braves, honestly. Nope. I don't think they're going to be able not. to. I had forgotten about the Ewing theory, though. That uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's pretty good. Pretty good there, Brad. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, let's walk over to the Chicago White Sox versus Houston Astros. Most people are still not over the sign-stealing thing. And I know that comes down I, – I hear it a lot. A lot of Yankees fans are talking about – trading for a couple of particular players and which are playing for Houston. Oh, I'm sure and Correa is a guy that, that that's Yankees fans one of the big ones them to go for one and bad. Yeah. And well, the, thing- the Yankees fans are split between, we don't want a cheater and we don't want a guy who cheated us out of it. But right. on top of that, everybody's like, are you an idiot? Right. And so there's this massive debate going on in Yankees fandom right now. It's interesting. That's the royal we, by the way. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he, I mean, he's top five shortstop in the game right now. Easy. Like you, yeah. you can't dispute that. And nope. especially when it comes to the postseason, he is so good that he's a guy that the Yankees have to have if they're gonna get if they're gonna get past the wild card game. You know, like. Yep. Like that's one thing Aaron Boone talked about how the American League has closed the gap between them and I, I guess that like basically the top tier of all the like the perennial playoff teams like the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Astros, and then there's like the Yankees down below that. But then the rest of the American League has closed that gap between them and the Yankees because yep. teams are getting better. Seattle's getting better. Um, the Twins took a massive step back this year, but the Blue Jays have gotten a whole lot better a whole lot better and, and the even eight, the little flare up in baltimore the end of the season was like what yes yeah because they've got some good things coming if they can keep them and, and they can continue to develop so yep. if the yankees are going to take that next step and take a step away from the rest of the field correa is a guy who they've got to get they have yeah. to yeah but, i agree but anyway back to houston and chicago um, I want to know, Brad, who do you think is better? Do you think that it's Houston or is it Chicago or is it the rain? Well, I'll tell you this. The rain is undefeated. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Never lost. <laughs> Never lost. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to have to well go with the there, rain Brad. on that one. Because <laughs> um, the rain won today. I mean, that's. It did. Yeah, that that's super a thing disappointing. That it's very disappointing. I, um, yeah, you know, but, and you but, know what? Like, we hate cheating, so we cheer against the Astros. We hate as an as an American as a fan of an American League West fan. I hate the Astros because they just beat up on the division. But I would cheer for the Astros before I'd cheer for the rain <laughs> in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like so much. <laughs> well said. Well said, talk, my friend. Talk about wanting a champion to lose. <laughs> you, you hope the rain loses yes. one day. <laughs> Someday the rain will lose because the rain almost it usually won does. Game seven of the 2016 World Series. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The champion came yep. in and uh, and put it on the brink. But that's right. <laughs> David Ross. So anyway, oh man, I just can't get over how good that was. Okay, anyway. Point of the story is Houston is up two games to one on the White Sox, and it's. I think a lot of us are disappointed 
in Chicago, but um, not terribly unexpected turn of events because, let's be honest, Houston's got a great ball club. I still honestly, Brig, I felt like Houston was the best team in the American League coming in. Um, yeah. They're more consistent than anybody else. Like They kind of had a couple of skids here and there, but honestly, the division was never out of control and the playoffs were never out of control. Yeah. You know, like, I don't – there are no holes in that lineup. Uh, Martin Maldonado is the catcher. Like he's like the weakest spot, but at the same yeah. time he manages to come through when it's when it matters. And yeah. there are enough guys in that lineup that they can bail him out. They can. So it and doesn't be matter. Okay. Yeah, if you've got eight, if you've got one weak spot out of nine, that's enough that you don't have to worry about anything. So if you're Boston and you're sitting at home, who are you hoping to face? I'd way rather face the White Sox. Me too. So yeah. much. So much. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, if I'm Boston, what, I'm now, pushing same, for a pushing Same for a question comeback. versus the rain. <laughs> what um, if the name of that rain was Ditka? <laughs> <laughs> There's no hope. There's no hope. <laughs> if so, if the rain is Ditka, and the drops fall down, are they raining down? Chuck Norris roundhouse kicks. Oh man. <laughs> no, because Chuck Norris is thrusting the earth up <laughs> toward the rain. <laughs> toward the rain. That's why. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many layers. Oh yeah. But, but let's talk let's talk about this series a little bit though with Houston yeah, yeah, and Chicago. Yeah. So you, you you talked about the science stealing thing. And Ryan Tapera with the White Sox, he's traded there from Chicago this year. Um, he says that Houston might be stealing signs again based on the discrepancy between their home and away record because right. Houston like put on a beating in Houston and it looked like yeah. it was not even going to be close. And then they get to Chicago and the White Sox come in and kind of put them in their place, right? Yeah. And it made it look a little bit more like a series. I don't know how much of a series it's going to be because the Astros could come out tomorrow at and home. Oh, they they're in Chicago for one more. Oh, are they in Chicago for one more? Yeah. Oh, because yeah, of yeah. the postponement. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. Houston come, could come out in Chicago, and they could still put a beating down on, especially with Tapera saying this. Yeah, right. And so I was curious. I was curious about this, like what things looked like for these two teams um, during the regular season. So the Astros went fifty-one and thirty at home, uh, forty-four and thirty-seven on the road. So I feel like. No, that's a seven game, seven game difference. Differential, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's pretty normal for for a team at home and on the road. I feel like you'd well, expect what's the run differential though. You know what? I I was gonna figure that out, but I'd have to go through and add everything up manually. Yeah, and yeah. Break. I got stuff to do. Okay. <laughs> I don't have that well, kind I did of time it for you. <laughs> you did it for me. No, but I did some manual addition, and that's what I want to talk about in just okay. a minute. But I did okay. some math. Can you believe okay. that? You should be excited. I'm, Brig, I'm so excited right now. Yeah. I'm so it's excited. It's not even good math. It's just but I did math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quick, though, but, like, if the White Sox want to talk about a, a disparity between home and road, like, they are 53 and 28 at home and 40 and 41 on the road, um, you're just not, you're not a good team away. Like you're not right. a good team on the road, so that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Yep, 
So, I mean, and, That's and the issue. trust me, I'm going to bash the Astros as much as I can. I hate their stinking guts, and I have for a long, long time, far before <laughs> the sign stealings ever started, right. as far as we know. You know, it's whatever. But, like, here, the White Sox have nothing. Nothing yeah. at all. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, Brig, um, show off your math skills for me. Yeah, you know I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> so I want to talk about the differences, the run differences, and just pure production between the American League and the National League. Okay, and here's why, sir. So the total runs scored in the National League wildcard game, guess how many? Um, I well, oh, it was one, four, four, okay, four yeah, runs yeah. total scored. Guess how many were scored in the American League Wild Card game? Considerably more. It's eight. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's double. double. Okay. Now, division series one and two, seven and five in the American League. Seven runs and five runs. Okay. In the division series on the National League side, we've got three runs. And four runs. That's in game one of the division series all the way around. Okay. So if you if you take that math all the way down, okay, and I did this before Boston had scored this many runs and the and uh what's their name? The Rays came back. Mm-hmm. I did not expect the Rays to come back. So let well, me do it. They looked like they had rolled over there at the beginning, to be honest. <laughs> well, dude, like in the friggin' fourth inning, we thought they had lost the whole thing. Because yeah. it was five runs to nothing in the fourth inning, and they come back and score five more runs. I'm like, what is happening? Well, and I that's we one had of the things. That, I don't know. Anyway, so go ahead. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So at the time that I did this math, the Red Sox were up five to nothing against Tampa Bay, and in all of the division series so far in the American League, the division series one was 33 runs scored. That's Boston and Tampa Bay. Okay. The Houston-Chicago series, 43 runs so far generated. Now, if you rock over to the National League, again, before tonight's Giants-Dodgers game started, 13 runs in the first uh, division series. That's Atlanta-Milwaukee, 13. And LA-San Francisco, 15 runs total. San Francisco just scored in the top of the fifth inning. That puts them at 16 runs this postseason. Huh. Between both teams. So now now let me run that back one more time, okay? In the American League, so far, we have 76 runs scored this postseason on the American okay. League side. Right. On the National League side, it's 28 29 if you count the one just in San Francisco or in L.A. What hmm. in the cheese is happening? Okay, so how about this? I have I have something for you. Coming yeah. into this season with the Dodgers, the Padres, um, and I, I mean, we could go to the Brewers for this too. What are those teams known for? Small ball. Not only that, but pitching. Yeah. Right, I mean, we yeah. were we all the talk this season coming right. in was the arms race in L.A. and in San Diego, and the Giants have relied heavily on the arms all season long. Yep, Milwaukee, um, Craig Council is known for making smart moves in his bullpen. Great using pitching his, decisions. Great yep. pitching decisions. Decisions exactly. Um, 
and and the Braves have a strong pitching staff too. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. Now, go over to the American League. What's Boston known for? Hitting the ball. They kind of crush, right? The Rays, like they have their pitching staff, but that's an offense. Yeah. Like that team is offensively sound. Um yep. And I mean Houston, obviously. Hello. Hello. You know. And then yeah. the Chicago White Sox, you go down that list, you've got you got Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, um uh Jose Abreu. They're gonna mash too. I think yep. that we're seeing exactly what we should have expected coming into the postseason as far as runs scored. Now, what happens, Brig, when you have I know what you're gonna say. I know it. Go ahead. The pitching, the pitching that we see in the National League, meet up with these offensive juggernauts from the American League. That's right. What's going to happen? That's right. Well, and when there's no designated hitter rule in the National League, that takes away a bat in the order. Mm-hmm. Essentially, right? Effectively, uh, unless you have Jake Arrieta up there or John Lester is feeling good or whatever. Like those right. are both National League guys that can hit the ball somehow. But yeah. Um, but the point is, and I, this is what I wanted to bring it up because when the, when the world series, the world series, when that happens, <laughs> it's, it's so exciting because now you're locked in a literal yin yang battle. It's like, yeah. what's going to happen? And it's and it's magical. And I think that the designated hitter based on where they're playing is the variable that gets thrown in there and just mucks it all up. And it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love and, it. You know, they they say though this is the thing though is that they it's been said for I mean probably a hundred years plus that pitching and defense wins championships, right? Yeah. We're gonna find out this year if that's the case. Right, exactly. Absolutely we're gonna find out. Because this if the offense is is on display in the American League during that mm-hmm. fall classic, you you can say the fall classic normally. It, during the fall classic, then we're, it's not gonna matter. Yeah, if the pitching is going to have to shut it down, and it's going to yeah. be great. I just love it. I'm yeah. thinking, seriously, looking at this, that those numbers are huge, twenty eight to seventy six. That's or more. that's a big deal. I and you know what? I had noticed that there was some pretty big scoring, you know, in the American League, but I didn't realize it was that much more. That's it's huge. That's insane. That's it's huge. Um, Twenty runs in one game. Yeah, eighteen yeah. in another, etc. Yeah. So, so there is one more thing I think that we need to talk about here, though. Uh, was it was another weird play? Actually, there's a couple of weird plays we need to talk about. Um, yeah. So, so first, let's go to Boston. We talked about the Boston series real quick because that that series is over. But I'm curious how much this play had an imp, had an uh, how much of an influence it had on the way this series ended. So you had Kevin Kiermaier hit a ball out to right field. It caroms off the wall, and I don't know who was playing right field. Was it Hunter Renfro playing right field at the time? I think so. Probably. I think it was. And so it hit off him, or hit off the wall, bounced, hit off Renfro, and then went over the over the wall into the bullpen. In the bullpen, yeah. Now, to me, that says because because of the deflection, to me that says ground rule double off the like immediately. It's like that yep. makes sense, you know. Um, but so the what happened with the play though was Kiermaier was given. An, a ground rule double. There happened to be a runner on first, and he ends up on third base instead of scoring. Right, Kiermaier was, was like almost to third base by the time they they called the ground rule double. Yep. And so here here's the thing. 
it makes sense to me. Is it a bummer? Yes, it is. But how many times on a ground rule double could a guy have ended up on third? Because the ball kicks around the corner and either gets stuck under the tarp or it goes, bounces around in a corner and then bounces over the wall. And you know what? In Boston, they have those walls that are so short. I mean, those are what, like two, like three feet, four feet, maybe? Three. I think they're three. Yeah. yeah they come up with those feet, guys like, like upper thigh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often out there, to be honest. Um, but a lot of people were really crying out for the Rays because it was, I don't know, supposedly a bad call. I mean, what do you think about it, Brig? I mean, to me, uh, same it's, as you. it's baseball, right? Yeah. Same as you. And I thought that the, it made a lot of sense. I'm glad that they treated it appropriately they took a look at it and they had to make sure and all that and it was great but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it was the right call the ground rule double and there's no way to there's really no way to argue it now it, is it a bummer yeah did it kind of deflate tampa bay a little bit yeah i think it did mm-hmm. i think that mama mo got out uh and, and shifted sides she walked over to the other dugout a little bit <laughs> mo, mama mo is is the momentum momentum the yeah yeah i got you yeah thanks so <laughs> those of you yeah, don't. i think yeah that's what <laughs> That's what I think happened. I think she hiked up her skirts and hustled over to the other dugout. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, and you know, and I do wonder if it had, if it played some role in this series. Feeling like, feeling like it really ended ended so abruptly, right? And that I think you're right because it had that had that bounced off of him, gone back up and had the time to carry him back down. I'll bet you he scores. Yes, and Kiermaier standing on third. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and then Zunino's approach. I mean, Zunino's a guy who strikes out a lot anyway, so he's probably going to strike out anyway. But for sure, most guys their plate approach is going to be different with two outs and a runner on third and a one yep. run ball game. Yep. So I don't know, man. Like it could have been the beginning of the end for the Rays, or just a weird thing, and they were. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was crazy to see it happen and everybody get upset about it. But there was something else crazy that happened in the Houston and Chicago series. And this one actually is even crazier to me than the ground rule double. <laughs> okay, so you've got Yasmani Grandal for the White Sox. He hit a ball to first base. There was, I believe the bases were loaded. Either way, I honestly, like, I don't have TBS, so I, don't, I only get to watch about half these games break. It's really a bummer. But It's a bummer. Runner coming home. First baseman, uh, it was Michael Brantley, I believe, was playing first. I think so. So he he goes to throw home, and Grandal's running in fair territory, and the ball kind of hits his arm, and uh, it it deflected a little bit, just enough that Mm -hmm. it was out of Maldonado's reach run scores. And the Astros were obviously looking for obstruction because Grandal was running in fair territory. Now. Right. This is where it gets sticky. First off. <laughs> first oh, it was off, Yuli I mean, Gurriel. It was Yuli Gurriel. Not Michael Oh, Brown. Gurriel. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's it was right. Gurriel. That's right. So, so first, let's let's go first impressions on this break real quick. Um, I mean, I think we all thought obstruction, right? At first. Yeah, because he's in fair territory. Because everybody knows when you're running down first base, you've got to be in foul territory. That's why they have that lane there. That's but, why the lane is there. That's also why the lane is only 45 feet. Yep. Because it does not apply to the first 45 feet. Now, as long as Grandal... So we read this rule. We read the rule on this. As long as Grandal established his, his running lane, his baseline, which is, for those of you who might be concerned about a baseline thing, a baseline is not a real thing. 
No. The baseline That's why we is call a, it a base path. Exactly. A base path is established by the runner. So you, yes. if your base path, like if you round first base and your base path takes you out 200 feet into right field and then you come back into second base, you're not out of the base path. You know, like that's your path right. to second base. And now if you deviate out of that path to, to avoid a tag, then you're out. Right. Right. So Grandal had established his base, base path from home to first base in fair territory. Now, if he gets hit with the ball, that's just a bad throw by Guriel. However, yep. this is it is some, somewhat of a judgment call. Yeah, I don't is. think I have the thing up with the rule. Oh, I do. Nice. So let's read the rule real quick, Brig. So this is the rule as far as what Major League Baseball says with runners getting hit by baseball. It says, The Major League Baseball rule book covers almost every imaginable situation that can occur in a game, including situations in which a batter, a batter, a batter, a batter or runner comes in contact with a batter ball. Whether the runner is out or allowed to advance to the next base usually depends on the umpire's determination or whether of whether contact with the ball was avoidable. Now, here we go. When the runner is hit, if the batter ball hits a runner in fair territory, the umpire must determine whether or not contact with the ball was deliberate. Intentional. Yeah, exactly. Yes. If the umpire determines... Mm-hmm. Determines... That the runner intentionally made contact with the batter ball or otherwise hindered a fielder from making a play on a batter ball, the runner is called out. Now, that's the thing is the umpire determines. This is completely a judgment call. Now, we it saw is. in the replay We saw in the replay that it looked like Grandall stuck his arm out just a little bit. I don't think so. I'm watching it again right now, and mm-hmm. I don't think he did. I've I watched he, it I four or he five times. Into it. I thought he did a good job leaning into it just enough. Now, just enough that it, it looked like Ooh. maybe it was a wobble of the body as he ran. Because yeah, he's a catcher. It, he runs funny, yeah. let's be honest. Most catchers do. <laughs> yeah. So That's true. So <laughs> so that could be the umpire being like, you know, it's just part of his running. Like, he happened to, to run into the ball. Yeah. But the other problem that the Astros had here is that judgment calls are non-reviewable. Right. So... You know what they should get? Wow. Ooh. Oh, man. Best idea ever. You ready? Okay. Ready to go. This is going to be, this is going to sound crazy. Robot umpires. Huh? Huh? It doesn't help in this situation, go- though. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Think of the algorithm that Rob Manfred would have to come up with or pay somebody to come up with to figure out judgment calls. Oh, man, dude. I'm just. But you know I'm on board with those robot umpires, bro. I know. I know I get you. 100%. 100%. Keep it on. On it. Oh, man. But, I mean, it seems like they got the call right, though. I mean, as much as they can, because, and this is the thing too, with the robot umpires is there's a lot of argument for like, we need the human element. Like this is the human element of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. And like this part's going to stay. It's the, it's the uh, subjective strike zone. That's going to go. Right. And the fact that the rules state that the strike zone is from here to here, but it's not from here to here. Every game it's from here to there and wherever you want it to be. Every game. Right. No, I'm just poking at you totally. But when the first baseman throws at the base runner, it's not complicated. <laughs> well, it's a bad throw. <laughs> well, and the thing too, though, is like I remember being uh, like coming up as a catcher, and uh, they always told me like on a bunt, if you feel that close to the line, you see the runner is about halfway and in fair territory, just hit him in the back. 
Yeah. You know, because if he's not in that lane, then he's out. Right. Because the lane exactly. only applies for those 45 feet. Yep. So, but yeah, I do. And I do specifically remember them saying, like, uh, if he's too close to you, then step out and throw. But yeah. Well, and Guriel did step out and throw. I mean, he was. Well, what, Grandal six, was on eight? the grass. Like, yeah, that's, that's he was on the like, grass. That's one of my things with those. Like, he was really I know. far. <laughs> he was really far inside fair territory. And anyway. But he was headed into that lane. I don't know. He I was think headed there. Was, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't even to the 45 feet yet. He was probably no. 25, 30 feet down the line. He was. But he was starting to angle that way. And I think that's where you're seeing the wobble. I don't know. I think it was a bad throw by the first baseman. And I think. Most likely. Uh, sorry, bud. Well, because so here's the thing, too, is that this came up a couple years ago. Was it 2018 that this happened with the Astros? And I think Justin Verlander's wife even said something about. Like, oh, yeah. Everybody knows that lane. It's like, well, but it doesn't extend the entire length of the base of the base path of the foul line. Nope. There. I so. think every day if I was playing against Houston, I would run on the grass. Probably ought to. I mean, seriously, just to piss so, them off. I have here's here's a good one. Here's a good one. So I <laughs> Sorry, remember, just to make them angry. Was it two or three years ago? Wilson Contreras made a brilliant play. So he hit. So there's a runner on second. He hit a ball into the shallow, in the shallow outfield. I want to say it was like somewhere like shallow center field. And instead of dropping the bat like in the right-handed or the left-handed batter's box, you know, where normal where somebody would normally do it on their way out, he yeah. dropped it in front of the plate. Yeah. And the catcher didn't move it. Right. Ball comes home, hits the bat, and it's in play. I was that's like, right. that's brilliant. Leave it on the catcher totally to move that agree. bat. Awesome. Well, what we're fixing to game. have, baseball family, what we're fixing to have is a terribly interesting championship series on both sides. But the best part is going to be that fall classic because the way things are are shaping up, it is going to be either a bloodbath or a stalemate. And I do not know what it's going to be. And I'm fine either way. Me too. So excited. I love the playoffs. It's so fun. It's so fun. And so fun. like this, the weird stuff like this comes up every year too. It's so funny to watch it. <laughs> Everybody gets all so. up in arms about stuff. <laughs> Major League Baseball <laughs> needs to change the rules. Well, they did, but you didn't like it. So, Right. Don't <laughs> well, get me started. Baseball family, we're really glad you joined us tonight. Did you notice... That we, I mean, did you remember the CBA is going to be arbitrated at the end of the season? I don't know. I feel like I should throw that in there one more time. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.